And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. Welcome back, and today I am with Craig Litton. Craig has been, he's been with us uh, several times, and then we featured him, I forget what year, 2017, something like that. He was our feature photographer. Craig is, uh, he now lives in Florida. He's a photojournalist, documentary photographer, uh, does lifestyle photography, and well, we'll let him get into that. So, Craig, welcome. Thanks for Hi, being Bob. with us. Thanks. Good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. We've been talking a lot lately, so it's good to finally get you on so everybody else can hear our conversations. Yes. Um, for those that don't know you, first of all, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so well, I started photography back in the film days and uh, was uh, uh, interested in photojournalism and ended up doing a career in photojournalism. I started at a small newspaper in Florida and Work for, uh, I think, four different newspapers as a staff photographer, all in Florida. And then in 2006, decided to go out on my own and um, did journalism for a long time for uh, Associated Press and New York Times and uh, ESPN Magazine and all kinds of publications, as well as local newspapers. And uh, broke off uh, maybe five or six years after that and started doing more advertising photography um, and commercial photography. So that's kind of where I'm at now. The, most of my advertising photography has a very journalistic look and journalistic slant to it. And that's how uh, people find me. They, they like that style of that look or that feel to the work. So that's what I've been doing lately. And, uh, and since the 80s, I've been doing street photography. Um, and that's my passion. And that's kind of how we met, actually. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I can't remember how we met. But uh, obviously, I, I liked your style. You do. You have a very uh, journalistic look to everything you do and super consistent as well. And, uh, and I personally have learned a ton from you over the years. So well, thank I, you. I appreciate that. And really we met in person in Miami. We did. We met the in Miami person. Photography along, yeah, along with Greg Burnett, who was sort of a student of yours. You mentored him <laughs> over the years. But a close friend also. Yeah, we, a close we, friend. we met in photo school, actually, and been friends for 30-something years. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Old guys sitting around talking about the old days. <laughs> I remember when. Well, anyway. Yeah, we're, uh, um, I don't know if you know it, but we're, we're, we're starting uh, several training series uh, through the magazine, and Craig's going to be uh, going to be teaching some very important stuff. Over the next uh, maybe a couple of years, you know, we're starting a series on, um, you know, when you're when you're ready to be taken seriously for your work, um, not just make money on it, but when you're really ready to be taken seriously to, to enter contests, to be published in serious publications like ours. And uh, Craig obviously has a lot of experience on that, and we're going to be doing a. Um, uh, a seminar, just a two-part seminar. Craig's going to lead it, and it starts in uh, April, early April. I think uh, right now we've got it scheduled for the 6th of April to be the first session, the two-session seminar. On, and you can even correct me if I say this wrong, but uh, um, making your work, particularly black and white work, very consistent um, from 
shot to shot, camera to camera, editing software to editing software. It was something Craig has done over, like we said, 30 some years. So, uh, yeah. And that consistency really does start in your head. It's your vision. And, you know, it doesn't matter the tool. We all love to have the great tools, but it's in your, what's in your head. So the vision you have and what you see and what you visualize as your final outcome. And you have to commit to something that you like. First of all, you have to commit to the style that you are, that you shoot, that you like. And once you do that, you stick with it until your work is consistent, no matter what camera you're using, what software you're using, what situation you're in. And that's what we're hoping to achieve by by teaching and opening people's eyes to to, to um, certain aspects of the print. Basically, even if it's a digital file published on your website, it's it's still a print or as such and uh, to be consistent. So it looks the same every time. So, uh, I mean, why is that even important to anybody? Well, kind of like what you said is, um, one, you want to be taken seriously. And even even if you're just publishing on um, Instagram, you want everybody wants to have likes and, and people to follow them. But uh, that's the first aspect to be taken seriously. The other thing is because that's probably most people's desire is uh, to achieve something. And, and a lot of times we don't know how to achieve it. We, we, uh, we make um, a black and white image that maybe is too contrasty. And the next time we have blown out of highlights and we're just all over the map. And, you know, the next time maybe they, uh, it's sepia tone, but it's not consistent. It doesn't look like a body of work. It doesn't look like the same artist. Um, so what we're hoping to do is focus everyone into a consistent style and vision. Um, by, by the way, the darkroom, actually, what, what I started in the darkroom, and I want to apply some of the film techniques that we thought of back then using film and in the printing techniques that we use in the darkroom uh, and apply them to the, today's digital photography. You mean like the zone system? Yeah, stuff like the zone system, things that things that a large format, medium format photographer used to use and and uh we applied back in the film days and partly because we had to. We had to apply it. It was harder for 35 millimeter photographers because you're shooting a roll of 36 and you might you might shoot some, you know, uh 10 frames in the bright sun and then not shoot another another for another day or so and it's overcast and you shoot 15 frames in overcast and then you shot the rest of it inside. And so it's hard to be, it's hard to do the, apply the zone system to a roll of film, but it's still possible. And it helps you think about um, where your highlights should be, where your shadows should be. And it's a, it's a, the very basics of the zone system can help anyone print better. Yeah. I, um, you know, we, we review lots of articles, lots of bodies of work. And many times we'll get an article that maybe it's all in black and white. Oh yeah, just like you said, one photo is real high contrast, you know, just deep shadows blowing out. I mean, not blowing out highlights, but and others, you know, it's more flat, and uh, basically, it's all over the place. It looks like it's taken by multiple different photographers. Right. You're saying a, a serious photographer, somebody who's a professional, doesn't do that. Right. You should be able to take um, an iPhone one day. Not that I recommend iPhone photography because I really don't, I don't really care for it, but it is a viable of tool. Um, but you shoot on one day with an iPhone and you, you quickly work the photo on your phone and, and text it to a friend 
Um, and the next day you get out your expensive Canon camera or your Fuji and you're on the street and they should, the images should look the same. You, you should, the camera should be indistinguishable um, because it's your vision is what you see. It's the, the certain contrast, the certain tonality um, and where you like to place those to your taste, really. And it's easy to achieve if you have the vision. Again, it goes back to the vision. So I guess it's okay to experiment, to, to play around, try new things, but don't show that experimental work? Yeah, I, you don't want to have somebody look at your work and say, I wonder if they took that photo because it doesn't look the same. <laughs> but yeah, experiment. I think you have to experiment to find out what, what you like. Um, what I, I'm going to try to present several different photographers work um, in the seminar. <clears throat> and you could see that they're very, they're vastly different than each other, but they're all within the, they're all within the scope of documentary photography and they're all um, acceptable. It's just that way that photographer sees one it likes deep, dark shadows with very contrasty images. And the next person likes very soft images with lots of detail in the shadows and the shadows are almost non-existent. They're, that's okay. It just depends on what you like. So you could experiment until you figure out what you like, and then you should stick with that. We don't want to give away too much of the class. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So basically you need to decide what, what your signature black and white should look like. Yes. And I don't think it comes by look. I don't think it necessarily comes by looking at other people's work and saying, well, I'm going to copy that guy or that, uh -huh. that girl. I think it's more of what comes out as you work your own images and you start to say, I like the way this looks, but I don't really like the way this looks. And you start focusing your work toward what you like. It, it's, I don't want to tell people to do it like I do it. I want to show them how to do it so they could apply it to the style that they like. Yeah, I think uh, earlier we, we mentioned uh, Greg Burnett, who we also featured in the magazine a couple years ago. By the way, he's a wedding photographer, probably one of the top wedding photographers in the state of Ohio. In, For sure. In northern Kentucky. and that, that He's in Cincinnati. And uh, one thing that always impressed me is street photography. He's an avid street photographer, too. He's one of these lucky guys whose wife works for an airline. He can hop on a plane and go to, well, at least he could, go to Paris for the weekend to do yes, street photography. And he has. You know, most of us can't do that. But his black and white is very consistent through his street photography and his wedding photography. And as a matter of fact, he applies the, the, his, uh, his, his street style to his wedding work. But yes. that's, another, that's another thing altogether. But it's very consistent. And I, I always, you know, admired that he does that. And here I find out that you're the guy that taught him how to do it. <laughs> yeah, Greg and I have been friends for a long time. We actually yeah. met in photo school. And um, he went off into filmmaking for a long, long time. But yeah, uh, he still kept a camera around. But he didn't do it seriously. And I kept telling him, Greg, you got to get back into photography. You have too good of an eye. You're gifted. You're a natural, natural photographer. And uh, got him more and more into street photography. And uh, so he bought a camera. And then he bought another camera. And then he bought another camera. And, and he started shooting weddings professionally. And he's a brilliant wedding photographer. And uh, street photography is his passion and his love. And he'd do it every day if he could, if he had time. Just like most of us probably would. But um, so he's... 
he is uh he's got the eye and a lot of a lot of people don't have the they don't have the technical ability or they don't care about the technical ability so we're we're going to try not to make it too technical we just want to give you some tools so you could apply that to however you want to do things um bob and i were talking off a little while ago about uh shooting jpegs and there's nothing wrong with shooting jpegs i mean when you shoot at your iphone it's a jpeg um you could do a lot with that and it's it's a lot less work the jpeg comes out of the camera you do a little tweaking and boom you're done if you're consistent if you're consistent in your exposure you're consistent with your vision if you're you pay attention to your camera when i'm out shooting i'm always checking my camera functions and it's it's not a turn my brain off and uh just snap snap pictures um, i'm always tweaking the exposure always thinking about the exposure maybe moving the aperture around a little bit but it's it's never ending and it just becomes second nature and it helps you be consistent so it's not point and shoot not point and shoot no it's thinking you're thinking constantly but um and again it, it's all people all, it would be different for everyone but i constantly ride the uh, exposure dial just to tweak that little one-third stop or two-third stop yeah i have to say too you've been You've done a lot of training over the years. Helped many workshops, what New Orleans and in Chicago uh, and Chicago, Miami. Yeah, and then so you've trained lots of people, and you've actually taught these techniques to lots of people. And I just wonder, what do people say to you, like at the beginning of a workshop, that what kind of frustrations they have that uh, that this type of training can can help them with. I don't know if you even recall what what kind of words they say to you. Yeah, well, in that in that those workshops, we're we're focusing more on technique, so um, and seeing. But it, it was a it was inconsistent, and not not really knowing. They they don't know a good photo, and and that which could lead to you know we would love to teach another workshop in the future about helping you edit your own work without even teaching you. On that workshop, we'd like to talk about. Just seeing what you have, what you what you've photographed, and most people don't know that. So the same goes with printing. Most people don't really know that they're inconsistent, or they they might know it, but they're not they're not acknowledging it, or they just don't have time to deal with it. But just a little bit of foundation, a little bit of training could go a long, long way um, for the future and and save a lot of frustration. Both of those are frustrating, whether you're seeing photos, you're deleting photos that were really good photos and you don't realize <laughs> it, or you're uh, presenting photos all over the map and you don't know how to fix it. So we want to help you fix that. Yeah, that's, that's critical. Earlier, you talked a lot about printing, printing, you know, we, we don't always print in digital. Uh, usually they just live on our hard drives for the rest of their lives. But, you know, why is it so important to actually print your work? Well, we right like you said, our our work. Some photographers say that your your work's not viable unless it's printed, and uh, I really believe that. Unfortunately, I don't print myself right now. I need to start printing my own personal work. I've had all, my whole career mostly my my photos were in print. Um, the photos that I had published, more than ten thousand photos published in print, and then I don't know how many on the web, um, but. For, because of that reason, I, I probably didn't print. But now I have thousands and thousands of photos that if if something would happen and I would die, they would be stuck on a hard drive and never be seen. But if they're yeah. printed, 
they, they are a permanent archive and they're actually, they become a photograph. And uh, that's something that we've lost in the digital age. So I highly recommend printing. And, and when I'm referring to printing, I'm referring to the final product of a print, but also your really the toning of your black and white images for presentation. Um, mostly they're on digital today, but um, I do want to encourage people to print. So I would tone your photos to present digitally, but thinking about the final outcome, which is a print. Yeah, I'll tell you a story. Uh, matter of fact, it's a photo I showed you a few weeks ago that I took on a beach. And I liked it a lot. I decided to print it. And I actually, I, uh, I laid it out to, to, be a, to go into an 11 by 14 frame. And I actually took the photo. I went into Photoshop, put the photo in Photoshop on a white background, adjusted it so it's centered nice. Had it printed, I bring it back, put it in the frame. Well, the the sky in the upper right hand corner was completely blown out, and it blended in with the white background that I put it on. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I would have never noticed that if I didn't print it. So I had to pull it back. Went back in the Lightroom, burned in that corner a little bit, reprinted. Now it looks now it looks a whole lot better on the wall. That's a funny story because it reminds me of photo school, the second photo school I attended. And I just told this to my my old photo professor. This is from the early 90s, 1991, actually. Um, and I'm still in contact with him. His name's Gary Monroe. And I said, I remember you saying to us, there is no such thing as paper-based white in a print. <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, if you have anything that's the color of the paper, that white, it's it doesn't have detail in it. And, you know, it's not a viable, you, 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 they would send you back to the dark room. So that's a perfect <laughs> example, Bob. You got to burn in those skies. <laughs> I did. I, it was burning yeah. pretty good, except for that little corner. Yeah. So, that's probably where the sun was behind the clouds. Yeah, probably. I, I don't even remember. I don't remember. You talk a lot about the dark room. I know you have a lot of experience in it, working with film over the years. How has that influenced? Uh, you're working in digital now and, and doing things in Lightroom or Capture One or whatever. Well, the darkroom actually is my entire my entire influence is from the darkroom. I learned everything I know really from the darkroom. And when Lightroom came out, I, I applied those same techniques. Um, and again, it's it's in your vision, it's in your mind. All those years in the darkroom. Um, I went, the first photo school I attended, we had the, the teacher's name was actually Bob also, Bob Wilson. And we thought he was just brilliant. Um, and we would do a test strip in the darkroom, which is trying to determine your initial exposure. And we take it out and show him. And he would say, um, uh, add another half stop, take off this many seconds, put this filter on and go back and try it again. And he was spot on every time. It's like, we were just amazed <laughs> at how he knew that. <laughs> so. It started out like that. And then uh, eventually when I got a job at my first newspaper, we, we shot slide film in one camera and black and white in the other camera. So on deadline, you would have to come in and print. You have to develop your, your black and white film and then you'd have to make a print and you'd have to get it to the desk, the news desk on deadline so they could publish it for the newspaper. So that taught you um, to be really fast and be really consistent that that's where my background is that's where it started 
Um, but years before that, actually, um, sometime between photo school and working at the newspaper, I worked at a, a photo lab up in Alabama and uh, I printed high school yearbook photography <laughs> prints all day long, every day. And they were the worst photos and they were the worst exposures. And they were one, the first one exposure was way overexposed. The next one was way underexposed. And so I had to print hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of of three and a half by five pictures all day long. And that's what really helped me. That was, that was preparing me. And I didn't know it at the time for my job at the newspaper. That helped me, helped me with my vision. And, and one other thing on that, we, you know, shooting the slide film is, is similar. Um, the slide film has very, uh, people that haven't shot film might not know this. And most mm -hmm. people shoot print film, but slide film has almost zero latitude. You could underexpose maybe a half a stop maybe a stop and overexposed, probably a half a stop. You don't hit the exposure just right. Um, you're going to have blown out highlights and you can't do anything about it because it's a positive the print. The, the, the negative that comes out of the camera is actually a positive. Um, and the shadows won't have any details. So you get really good at seeing the exposure and you shoot it so much the same film over and over again. You start visualizing what that scene looks like on that Fujichrome 100, for instance. Um, and then sometimes um, our photo, the color photo we shot, the, the story would fall through and they would want to use the photo instead of on the front page in color, there would be an inside in black and white. So you'd have to take that slide that you shot and developed, take a picture of it with a dupe in a dupe situation where you have a camera taking a picture of the slide on black and white film. Then you have to go in the dark room and, and develop the black and white film. And then you have to make a print. So all this is on deadline. So you get really, really, if you're not consistent, you're not going to have a job in a little while. So all of that trained me when Lightroom came along. Of course, I used Photoshop for years, but when Lightroom came along, it was just second nature. And I just started applying those tools. It was so intuitive to, to the print. And they look the same. My, my prints look the same then as they do now. So I notice that you've had the same black and white look for basically as long as you've been shooting. Yeah, I, I think it's, again, I recently had somebody um, look at, I shot some work for a client <laughs> and uh, they were they were telling me after the fact, they said, we wanted more of a subtle look, more of a subtle color, more of soft tones. And they didn't tell me that beforehand. <laughs> and I asked the client, I said, did you even look at my portfolio? Um, I said, <laughs> most, you know, I don't shoot that way. I don't even see that way. It's not that I was trying to be snide or... Um, <laughs> not do what they wanted but they first of all they didn't tell me ahead of time but secondly I, I don't see that way i don't know how to shoot a subtle soft tones my, i shoot deep vibrant color and very contrasty black and white and with uh um you know full tonal range and and that's just the way i see so uh, again applying what we're going to learn in the in this class to your vision is is what what's most important Oh, that's an excellent point. Well, the name of this workshop, I think uh, Craig came up with a, a great, uh, great title for it. It's called The Dark Room and Light Room. But the, I guess, principles you teach really don't have anything to do with the light room. It's not a light room class on how to work the sliders and do this and that, right? Right. The class is about... 
it's about visualizing. It's about deciding what you want, visualizing it within the parameters of documentary photographer to photography and, and being able to um, achieve it each time. And this is not a masterclass in Lightroom. That's for sure. I, I wouldn't consider myself a master in Lightroom, but I know how to achieve the look that I want very easily, very quickly. And I'm hoping to share that so that other people could achieve the look that they want, whatever that look is. Again, I'm not asking, I'm trying to sell someone on my style, but um, the the style that they see in their mind's eye, but being able to use the tools available, starting with the visualization and an exposure, it's very important. Exposure is very important. And people don't think about that a lot because cameras are so sophisticated now, but cameras are still, they, they only can do what they can do. There, there's still limitations to them. So starts with the visualization and the exposure and then it goes into the dark room or in our case here light room and, and to the to the finish the the file or the print the final print yeah i think one of the problems we have is our our software and our cameras are so technologically advanced you can do a million things and you can have a million different black and white looks and you get tempted to try this this time and that time, which is, you know, it's good good to experiment and to learn, but it also creates very, um, I wouldn't say eclectic styles, but, uh, you know, people's work is all over the place, myself yeah, included. I include right. myself in that. My philosophy for that is the same as it is on the street. If I'm on a certain street corner and I'm shooting, there's nothing happening on any other street corner. I'm not missing anything. If I'm not there, I'm not missing it. So yeah, I, I don't worry about it. I don't worry about that. Oh man, I'm, I got to hurry because I'm going to miss some action over on the other corner. So I, I think the same way once I, I don't think I'm missing anything. I like the, what the look that I like, and I don't, even though I admire many other photographers prints or their, their final work, I love their photos, but I also love their presentation. I'm not going to copy that because I know it's not me. Mm -hmm. You really got to find out who you are. You know, if you look at a, a musician, they're, they're a guitar player. They're all, they're, they're so different. Everyone is so different. There's no, no two photographers who see the same way. Mm -mm. Even if you try to copy someone's style, which I don't recommend, I said, get inspired by their style, get inspired by printers. I'm going to try to present some fantastic prints that show people kind of a, a gamut and then you know, just when you start working your own photos with a consistent style, you're going to develop a, a consistency. You're going to develop a, your style. And then when you find it, don't, then you don't start, you don't continue to experiment. You found your style, stick with it and be consistent. And then your, your work will have a signature. That's what you want. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, some of the logistics of the course, um, not really a course. It's a we call it a two part seminar. Um, Craig's going to meet with the group. Oh, by the way, we're keeping this small. Oh, we're we're going to limit it so there's time to spend with everyone. And so initially, meet with the group for two and a half hours. They're going to do a lot of instruction and examples and discussion. And after the first session, you'll be given an assignment and uh, be asked to create some photos and some. Uh, show us the end result and you submit those photos and then Craig will evaluate your work and give you feedback and uh, some guidance for the future. 
Yeah, and the I always welcome discussion, but the the second session will probably have more, much more time and open for open discussion. The first will be a lot of presentation, and then we'll get into Lightroom during the first session, and I'll I'll show you some examples of my work and how I see and tone my own work. Um, and the second, as you said, uh, they'll have the anyone attending will have shot some new photos, and uh, we'll bring those in the Lightroom. And uh, we'll explain that after, at the end of the first session, what exactly you're going to have to do. But yeah, there'll be um, open discussion, especially in the second session where we're, we have lots of dialogue and we're looking at um, the work of, of those in attendance. Yeah, exactly. By the way, if you want more information about it, just go to streetphotographymagazine.com slash seminar. I know that's a mouthful. Or you can, of course, go to the... Uh, Go to the uh, show notes for this podcast. We'll have a link in there uh, for more information. By the way, uh, the class, I don't want to make this like a giant commercial, but the class, it's only forty nine ninety five for the two sessions and a, a real value to get uh, uh, to be able to share in uh, Craig's experience and uh, teaching. And again, in the future, we, we'd like to offer, we, we will offer some other uh classes to uh com to, to complement this and also to go deeper if you want to that we'll, we'll have some options yeah exactly we're working on exactly we've actually created a whole nother website for uh for our courses and uh you'll be learning more about that about that later well craig i thank you for your time and uh it's really good to talk to you again but before we go i wonder if you could just tell everybody where they can see your work. Uh, well, you could go to my website. It's my first and last name.com, basically. Craig Litton, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-T-T-E-N.com. Nice and simple. Nice and simple. Yeah, that's what we need to do. We need to keep it simple. One lens, one camera, one vision. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. <laughs> All right, Craig. Thanks again. Thank you, Bob. 